Hey, what's up, guys? So I am um, very excited about things that are going on right now. And I wanted to jump on the podcast and give you guys an update. I got to grab my keys here. Do anything, of course. So everyone in my house is settling down for the night watching their various cartoons and things like that. And I'm listening to podcasts. And I realize I am blessed. So my artist, Timothy Himes, he's been... Uh, he's been putting a little pressure on me about updating the script. I sent him the audio script for the last day. And while I think it's fantastic, it is, and it is fantastic. Um, it doesn't necessarily work for him in the format that he needs it to. So, rightly so, he has given me a little bit of pressure. Say, what is this crap? Get it right. I mean, that's not how he phrased it, but like... That's basically how it should be interpreted. Um, you gave me the, I gave him an audio drama script for a comic book. And um, that's not really fair to him. Especially if I have some, some vision of what certain scenes are supposed to look like. Or what certain things are going to look like in the show. I need to be more descriptive and I need to be better about that. So um, I downloaded today the software that he's using in some of his uh, creation process and so he let me know about it it's called comic life 3 and it is a comic creation software and we're not obviously we're not I'm not sponsored no nobody ever sponsored me but um I'm not sponsored by that or anything but we are going to be using comic life 3 now I was using cell text and I'm really disappointed because I I use Celtex in I went to college for one semester and I did a audio production course and it was where I learned a lot about podcasting and such which I already had a lot of knowledge but script writing um, and some of the format about that stuff that's where I learned it I learned it in college and after that first semester um, or during that first semester we we were using Celtex. And it was a script writing software that had a lot of different functions. It was open source at the time, I believe. So I wrote the first five scripts for the last day audio drama on that. And, uh, you know, I used it for some other things. None of them, none of the other things are still around, mostly assignments and stuff. But I thought it was a great software. Well, I went to the software and re-downloaded it. And bought a subscription. And it turns out it's like a live service. It's not even a, a downloadable open soft source, source software like it used to be. It's a live service. Which means, you know, you have to have an internet connection. It's connected to servers at all time. And everything lives in a cloud. And I was, just, I was just like not about that. But at the same time, I was very excited to unlock my old script. So I got the software, downloaded it, uploaded my old script from... 20 what was it 2014 it's an it's like 10 years old is when I wrote this script and um it didn't work it didn't work it, it opened one episode which is cool but I already had the PDF exports of all five episodes it opened the first episode it um 
it wouldn't open the other one. So I wrote to the company. I was just like, yo, this is not working for me. Can I get a refund or whatever? Um, she canceled my subscription, but I can't get a refund. So she said if I sent her the original Celtex file, she'll see what she can do. So hopefully I'll hear back from her sometime this week where she was able to open up the files for all five episodes. And I have a month to, I guess, use the software since I paid for it. And I'll just kind of like poke around and see if I can rearrange some things in the, in the, in the structure and the format of the script. In the meantime, I plan to familiarize myself with this Comic Life 3 software. Um, and it's a one-time thing. It's a one-time purchase. Uh, there are some upgrades that I can buy for an additional price. But again, that's a one-time purchase. This cloud software subscription service crap, it ain't working for me. And it doesn't make sense in a lot of contexts. Like, if I'm going to be editing a film, let's say I, I wrote a movie. And I'm editing the movie. And, the, and, and that's what I'm doing. I'm only going to be editing... I'm only going to want to pay the $94 or whatever from Adobe. To pay for Premiere. For what? How long am I going to be editing this movie? Three months? Four months? Five months? And then I'm done. I'm not going to want to continue with the subscription. But that's like $94 a month. You know? So a normal person who isn't doing something, like if you're doing anything short of editing an actual movie, you're just throwing money down the toilet. Unless you have a career of editing videos or something, which I think that's something I'm going to have to look into is editing videos for other people because this, this subscription service stuff is nonsense. Now, I don't use Adobe. I use DaVinci. And this year we paid for... Uh, the full program, so I can get the updates, I can actually use the software the way it's meant to be used, and I can start investing that time and learning the software and getting better with it. It's a very robust software, and frankly, I think I'm a pretty decent editor, so that's something that I'm opening the door to, if I can find some projects that I am um, not ideologically opposed to, and that I can get behind, I'll start editing that stuff. But back to the comic book. Um, we got Comic Life 3. It seems like a very simple, templated type approach to comic books. And I'm okay with that. Um, coming out of the music world and seeing how everything is kind of templated anyway. Uh, the only people that would take issue with that would be elitist type snobs. Which there are. There are some people like that in the world. There are some elitist type snob people, I'm sure, in the comic book industry. But they, they have almost no credibility. Like, they're falling apart. But that's a totally different conversation. Um, which, I'm not worried about the templated nature of Comic Life 3. If it, if it, rent, if it yields the results that I'm happy with, then I don't care about the approach of the scripting software we use what matters is are we able to take this templated approach and use it to create something one that tells a compelling story that fits the fits the format and the narrative of what we're trying to accomplish here and then two can we transform from a you know can we elevate from a from a template format to something that's more creative 
those templates actually provide the structure that you need for a lot of cases. And I think we can do that. I think we can be creative. I think we can be subversive when when it's absolutely necessary. And when it's not, we can we can fall back on that templated structure to create something solid because that's that's really what matters. Um and I've got you know, my kids who are reading comics right now, uh, the, the, they have shown interest in the series and in the book. And so I think as we progress with this, they'll, they will be good judges, you know, as young as they are. My son, he's all about My Hero Academia right now. And he's, he's reading the mangas and we've gotten the mangas and I've got to get some, some new versions for him for Christmas or something. And um, my daughter... Both of my daughters, actually, they've listened to the audio drama a few times, the the five episodes that I have. And there are times where I'm being silly or goofy and I'm talking about and they'll say, you're acting like Silas. Like he he is he is a character to them. He he has a personality and there is something to him in their minds. And they recognize when I enter into that comedic mode. So I feel like that's that's a step in the right direction. And so. Getting this software and using the same software that my illustrator is going to be using is a, is a good step in the right direction, to use the same phrase again. So that's where we are with the updates. Um, we've got a plan for getting the thumbnails done for the first book. And then we'll start working toward the finished pages after we get those thumbnails to look how we want. I know that... Um, I talked to you guys about character designs and we're not done with the character designs just yet, but we are, I'll tell you right now, we're not going for a manga style, uh, setup for this first book. So it's not going to be a manga style. There aren't, they're not manga style character designs. Um, and I know that manga is kind of taking over, but we're going for a very, um, how do I, how to describe it? Like a cartoony retro style, um, retro American comic style. So cartoony, retro American cart, uh, manga style. I am taking so much influence from manga that I really need to salvage some of the American, you know, pride of what I'm doing here. And so I would, I would say if you look at the six episode miniseries called Red Planet, that would probably be a good descriptor of what I'm going for. It's an Americanized comic style, but simplified so that it, one, so that it can be easily replicated because we will come, a con, we'll, we'll come into some instances where we're going to be branching out into multiple artists on similar things. So we might have um, Timothy who's doing everything right now. We might have somebody else doing the inks and somebody else doing the colors. I, one thing I don't want is to get bogged down on details in illustrations when it's the story that matters right now. Now, when the story catches on and when we have a finished product that catches on and we start to build a fan base, then, yeah, if we want to be, you know, flex and be really impressive about illustrations and things like that, I think that's a good time to do that. But right now, my focus is getting an art style that's easily replicated, that's easily um, implemented 
so that my artists don't get bogged down on a highly detailed style. That's not what I want, regardless of whether or not they are talented enough. And as a, as a, as as a person who's taken on types of works like this, like as a musician, I can tell you like complicated works are not easily easily replicated. They're not easily implemented, and they just require a lot more energy in order to pr- produce. That's not what I want. Now, that's not to say I want something cheap or bad or lower quality. I'm just looking for a, a simple, you know, a simple style. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Legend of Hay, H-E-I, I'm not going for that simple of a style, but you understand what I mean by a simplified style. I think simple is going to be better in this in this scenario because we already have five stories that are written and ready to go and they just need to be restructured for the comic format. And I have a feeling that once I get going on this, that I'll much more easily be able to crank out some more scripts and hopefully we'll have an audience base that is hungry for new material. So that's where I want to go with that. And I don't want to get bogged down with the wrong stuff. Now, aside from that, um, it's going to take me... Let's see. It, It depends on how... How focused I am on this specific thing. Uh, With my mind and with my capabilities, I think I could possibly learn the software and crank out some some work by this time next week. It depends on how obsessed I am and how long I'm able to do it. Now, there's other stuff on my mind. There's other stuff on my plate. Um... I, I was hyper focused on the on the war between Israel and Palestine. Now I kind of have that in the bag. I know where that's going. You know, I can update from here and there. Um, I also have a cinema camera that I'm trying to learn functions of and to get better at working with because I want to be able to do professional work with my cinema camera in the very near future. And as it stands, uh, my my experiment today did not go very well. My experiment today was to take Lightroom presets and to translate them into LUTs that I could apply to my cinema footage, but the the C log footage that I was working with, it it didn't take well. Um, the dynamic range just isn't there, and so I have to figure out like what I did wrong, and and play around. Like maybe I took a, I took the middle approach to the. I can't even get into explaining that. I, all I can say is like everything looks like a rotoscope version of a comic where the gradation between colors is too harsh so there's just like lines um like the coloring on somebody's cheek it is there's no gradation there there's like dark medium and then light and there's literal lines in the gradation between the color it doesn't look good it it's not great for footage i'm not going for this like MTV summer cartoon approach it looks like i don't know what i'm doing it's obvious I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board on that technique. Um, but that's also, you know, something that I have to get better at working with with my camera. So I'm going to abandon the LUTs thing and just try to find a pleasing a pleasing LUT that is complementary to summer or to winter, jeez, to fall and autumn. Because that's really what I was doing. Just trying to find a complementary color coloring that goes well with fall and 
in, in autumn. So there was that. Uh, just getting used to my camera. I got to use it for little dumb stuff. You know, I filmed my daughter on a hammock today. I filmed a wagon. I've got to make those, I make, got to make that coloring apply well, or I have to figure out a better way to do it. One of the two. So that that's where my experiment, experimentation is right now. Um, I did not use my color checker today either, so that was hard. The other thing with the color checker, the tutorials don't line up with the new version of DaVinci, and so it's it's more complicated in the newer version than it is in the tutorials, and so it's way more difficult. I'm going to have to find some updated materials to kind of help me work through that. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to nail accurate coloring using a color checker, which kind of defeats the purpose of using a color checker. And then the, the match shot clip function on the camera. Uh, it's not on the camera. It's on DaVinci itself. The match shot clip is, is what you're supposed to use to, once you get the coloring nailed, you can apply it across the board. That function isn't working either. It's deficient. So I don't know what I'm missing there. I'm, I'm going to have to do some more research. Maybe there's a better way of copying the nodes and, and applying them to other clips or something. But when it comes to coloring and color correction, that is done shot by shot, clip by clip. So like if I if I film you from one angle for 25 seconds and then I go to another angle, film you for another 32 seconds or whatever, those are separate shots. They'll have to be color corrected separately. And that's the issue that I'm dealing with. And it's a lot like moving angles the lighting is different obviously um the conditions are different you have to get those things lined up before you can really apply the same color um and if you apply the same color you have to make sure it's going to be appropriate for both shots these are processes that I'm not familiar with and to work on a professional level it's something that I'm going to have to get familiar with or abandon coloring altogether those are my options and these are not the spiritual politics type things that you're used to hearing from me. These are the things that are actually going on on my plate and in my life. Uh, trying to trying to learn how to work better as a cameraman, as an editor, as a comic book writer and and creator. Uh, those that's what's on my mind right there. So, yep, just wanted to come out and give you some sort of an update on what I'm working on. I I will not be uploading the character designs. Until I feel like we have something solid to work with. We don't have finished character designs yet. And that's fine. Um, we'll, we'll work our way there. But I want you guys to know that the summer donations from this podcast are directly funding the creation of this comic. And we want to take our time and make sure we get it right. Um, I realize that, that because it's the new month, there were some cycles that went through. And some of you guys have opted to support the show for a year rather than monthly. And that's great. Those have already been applied to the comic strip. So uh, keep your keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. I'll be updating you more as that happens. Um, I think I will get the illustrator, Timothy Himes, to sit down and we'll talk about world building and some stuff like that. But... It's, in term, I, I want to figure out how I can talk about this stuff without giving away too much. Because one, you already have the audio drama. You already know what most of the story is. And at this point, it's just the excitement of seeing it come to life. 
But at $1,000 per episode, it's going to be quite an expensive endeavor before we even get to episode 6. So, you know, there's that. Um, <laughs> this is a lifelong dream, and we're going to see it through. We're, we're going to get that first comic done, and um, that's what we're going to do. So, those are the only things I want to talk about right now. Um, and then I do want to make a comment, because the media is going nuts there's a bunch of clips um there's a couple of clips that i might throw in here on the end where the media is just like going nuts about disinformation seems like world governments are going nuts about disinformation misinformation and and things not being right and they don't want you to get your information from social media and yet they all get their they They get all their information from social media. So it's stupid. Like they're attacking Elon Musk. They're attacking Twitter. They're attacking these social media platforms because of dis and misinformation. When, but at the same time, it's like if you don't want us to get our information from them, then you guys got to step up and do your jobs and give us some good information. The people are pretty much programmed to know that the media is lying to them or obfuscating the truth or withholding information. So nobody trusts them because they, they're just bad at their jobs. And meanwhile, they're, they're just whinging and harping and shrieking about mis and disinformation on social media. It's a self-defeating argument. Okay, like we hear you. You don't want us to get our information. from So, so what is your solution? You have no solution. You're not giving us anything to work with. They're, they're, they're just not doing their jobs, but they're angry that people are getting their information elsewhere, even though they're not doing their jobs. It's ridiculous. Uh, I don't even get mad at people for covering the same stuff that I cover better than I do, um, because there's I can't cover everything all the time. I can't be the best all the time. That's just the way of the world. But the media doesn't seem to be on that page so yeah that's a commentary that i wanted to make on that specific issue there's no there's no stories to come with it like i said i'll try to attach some 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 clips to exemplar exemplify what i mean here um and you'll know what i mean so that's it for me i'm going to continue to learn this software for the next couple days so that i can work with timothy more closely and more directly on getting the first scene thumbnailed out and maybe illustrated and everything. So we're just going to hyper-focus on the first scene of the last day and correct things that need to be corrected to make it more of a comic format and less of an audio drama format. Thanks for listening. I will talk to you guys soon, and I'll keep you updated. Follow me on Substack at zeroforhire.com or zeroforhire.substack.com We will be Hopefully, seeing zeroforhire.com put up very soon, which will either lead directly to the Substack or it will lead to some links, Substack included, because those are the things that we're working on. But right now, I think just going directly to zeroforhire.com.substack, zeroforhire.substack.com is going to be the way to go. I'll get zeroforhire.com up and running, and I'll talk to Josh to see if he can help me with that one very soon. Other than that... um. Oh yeah, also that's the best way to support the show. If you 
If you're intrigued at all by the stuff that I'm talking about, if you're interested in seeing where we're going to go, I look forward to proving myself to you guys. And this comic's the first real big step to proving myself, proving what I'm going to do with the resources and the funds that are granted to me. And I'm ever so grateful because God has blessed me to be able to do something. Um, He put me in a unique situation. And... I'm I'm grateful and I want to do the right thing. So let's let's continue to move forward with that. New into NBC Tonight, a research group uncovering a network of dozens of accounts on X, formerly known as Twitter, spreading what's spreading rather what's believed to be coordinated posts with disinformation about the war. Posts and videos that have been viewed millions of times. X started suspending some of the accounts after they were contacted by NBC News, but didn't otherwise have any comment. It's something we've seen a lot of over the past few days. Take this video saying Hamas militants started a new airstrike on Israel. You see that? That's that video. That is actually from a video game. That's not even real. You see the exact same video posted to YouTube here. And there was this post claiming Israel bombed and destroyed an old Greek Orthodox church in Gaza. It has something like three million views. But the church itself said it hasn't been touched, that any other news is false. All of these posts now have disclaimers on the bottom if you go to X and look at the post, but they're not taken down. And some of them are posted from verified users, making it harder for people to know what's real. NBC News tech correspondent Jake Ward is joining us now. And Jake, these are just a couple of examples of this. These posts containing misinformation, disinformation, very difficult, especially at a moment like this, when people are frankly desperate for information, turning to social media platforms. It is not a clear cut picture. It is not a clear-cut picture, Hallie. The past few days have just been this vivid lesson in the fact that you literally cannot trust what social media feeds you these days. Uh, And even more difficult is the surprise turn of events, which means that uh, legitimate sources of information are slow to react because they were taken just as surprised as, as so many people were across Israel. So a very, very difficult moment. But as you say, there's just this proliferation of of misleading content. And when it's not just made up, as in the case of the video game clip you're uh, shown there, um, you know, it's it's out of context or out of time. Okay, and, and this was something that I forgot to say was actually um, a, a upper echelon video that was aired a few days ago. So when he, when he put his video out, then all of a sudden, I guess there's some people that in the mainstream media that were watching that were like, hey, he's got a point there. So I just want to get that out there. That's, that's worth mentioning. The term fake news is a controversial one. It's often used to falsely claim that the facts someone doesn't like are just made up. But actual fake news takes on a new tone when it's used as a weapon of war. Misinformation has already cropped up in abundance in the current conflict in the Middle East. Jolene Kent has the story. As the war in Israel and Gaza plays out in real time on social media, experts say bad information and propaganda are spreading on X, formerly known as Twitter. Research group Aletheia detected a network of at least 67 accounts that posted false content about the war. They've received millions of views. Including these mistranslated videos of Russian President Vladimir Putin and Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, manipulated to falsely say that Russia will support Palestine if the U.S. supports Israel. Why are 67 accounts so powerful in their influence and why do they matter? It matters whether or not people believe it. 
And the more times that people are able to view content of a similar nature, the more opportunities an actor has to convince somebody of something that may or may not be true. This comes after Elon Musk, the owner of X, laid off much of the team responsible for monitoring posts when he took over the company. On Tuesday, the European Union sent this letter to the billionaire, asking Musk to immediately remove illegal content and disinformation. Otherwise, penalties can be imposed. How does this disinformation impact the war and what we know about it? When we flood people with this sea of unvetted information, much of it deceptive, is we're throwing away the goodwill of our citizens. And we're opening the door to a variety of people that want to manipulate their goodwill. Do you anticipate seeing more of this kind of activity as the war continues? Yes, we do anticipate that in the coming days that this information sphere is going to get more complicated and that more actors will be weaponizing information. X, formerly Twitter, has said as of Monday they've already removed several hundred accounts, including those that are Hamas-affiliated. Meantime, we've been pressing the other social media companies about this, and Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook all say they've increased their resources to fight disinformation. All right, that's it for right now. I'll talk to you guys soon. God bless.